Welcome to the Ben Min Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know their next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. I'm Dad. I'm Bob. And I'm Dave. You know, pretty much everybody that I've ever talked to um, who has even a passing familiarity with Christianity has no problem believing that Jesus lived, preached, and was a great moral teacher and died in first century uh, A.D. Jerusalem. But the thing is, if you really kind of push it with them, most people have a real problem believing that someone that died, was put in a tomb, could come back to life three days later. Mm. So in today's uh, podcast, we're going to continue our series on the essentials of Christianity, which we have entitled, Putting the Fun in... dot 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 which is we're going to try and put some fun into the fundamentals or the essentials of Christianity. So we want to talk about the most important miracle in the Christian faith, the resurrection. So, Dave, why don't you kick us off? What do we mean when we say uh, resurrection? Simple definition. um, (laughs) We believe that the resurrection of Christ is is a historical event um, whereby Christ physically came back to life in a glorified physical body to never die again after having been crucified, entombed, uh, and, and died. Okay, here, say that again, because that was actually longer than what I usually hear, which is just like, Jesus came back to life. Yeah. So say that again. Well, it, it, deser- it deserves a little more color because I think the common concept of it is, is well, he just, he just resurrected in the same body, right? No, he was resurrected physically, but in his glorified, resurrected body, so and he will never die again. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit more about what glorified body means? Right. So it's. I think of it's it, like your body, Dave. Frankly, I appreciate how jealous I am. Get my push on. <laughs> that is a glorified body. Oh, that'd be a great fitness. Event, it's like starting to sweat. You can start that. Bob's church of fitness. That handle. Aesthetics and aesthetics. Um, so glorified body just means that it, in my mind, I've always thought of it as kind of the next, not quite evolution, but the next sort of incarnation of your physical state. So it's a body that will have forever, the one you'll have in glory, mm-hmm. in God's presence, um, the, the one that God promises to Christian um, believers that we're going to have in the future. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a Boy, second. that's awesome. Great, yeah. great. All right, so Bob, let me throw this to you. Why is the resurrection so important? Oh, man. Resurrection is so important. Um, let me list three reasons. Okay. So three reasons why the resurrection is important. One, it proves that Jesus is really God mm-hmm. and he's everything that he claimed to be. So it's marvelous to read through the Gospels and hear all that he's claimed to be and he claims for himself. The resurrection proves that he really is all those things. Um, the second reason is that the resurrection shows God the Father accepted Christ's sacrifice for us. Like, the cross worked. Jesus vindicated him, or God vindicated his son Jesus. But the third reason the resurrection is so important is that it promises, like you were pointing out, Dave, it promises that all Christians are also going to receive a resurrection someday. That we're also going to raise to life, have glorified bodies, and be able to be with God forever. Jesus is the first of that. He's the first fruits of that. Yeah, and those are such wonderful points. But again, I, as I sort of introduced, one of the problems that I face is folks pushing back. So let me ask you, Dave, if you'll start out, is there any historical evidence that Jesus actually rose 
from the dead. There is, so take encouragement. Um, you know we love our list here, Bimin. So here I'm gonna call the big four. Oh, okay. yeah. The big four. Um, we'll start with the first one, sort of indisputable facts that prove the resurrection actually did happen as a historical event. The first one I would say would be um, just Christ's life and death. There is just too much historical data around this. Mm. Um, and eyewitness accounts and even secular historians that point to Christ's life and the crucifixion happening as a historical event. So if we're just talking kind of how we want to start this indisputable historical proof, well, we need to point the fact that Christ really was a historical figure and that he died. So that happened. That's number one. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep going with those. The second one of these big four facts that prove the resurrection is pretty indisputable historic fact is that is the disciples preaching. So they were super frightened after Jesus was killed, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they make these claims historically that, hey, we saw him that transform them into the most bold preachers probably in history, both in Jerusalem, the city where Jesus got crucified, right. and yeah, then across right. the world. And so that's specifically just read the book of Acts and you'll see all the all these stories about how they did that. Hmm. But um, it's amazing to me to see not just the Holy Spirit's empowerment of them, but even the people that turn into proclaimers hmm. were doubters, yeah. right? Like Thomas, as well as people who were just skeptics about Jesus, like James, Jesus' half-brother, and Paul, yeah. who was a persecutor of Christians. Hmm. So. That, to me, is a huge historical evidence that, like, what they saw transformed them. Great, great, great. Yeah, that's right. And then the other point that you made, if I can just add on to, they weren't just proclaiming it. uh, They were proclaiming, as you said, Jerusalem, but they were actually talking to the leaders. Yeah, so this would be the third historical fact. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, if you want to. Oh, well, yeah, that's great. So the Jewish leaders um, themselves, so pointing to kind of Jesus' life and death, the disciples preaching, but also the Jewish leaders themselves, they just couldn't disprove the disciples' message. Yeah, and they would all, have wanted to. They would have wanted to, right? They, they, All they could do was intimidate them or... Um, Oppress them. Uh, persecute them or whatever it is, but they couldn't point a body. They couldn't show a body. Otherwise, they would have disproved that, right? And that, I'm, Powerful fact. I think in Acts 4, it talks about that as an example. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, the fourth one then, sort of completing that arc of indisputable historical proofs, the fourth one would, I, I would say, would be the... Uh, the disciples' deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, when you look at these men whose lives were transformed, who um, historically experienced all of this happening, um, they they were so convinced of its veracity that they were willing to not just suffer, not just be oppressed and imprisoned, but martyred. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that, I mean, frankly, like, this to me is the single most convincing argument for Christianity outside of just God's personal work in your life. Like for, for me personally, this is the most compelling. Yeah, you're not going to die for something that you're sort of willy-nilly about. Or, that right. you're like, or, eh. or like you could die for something that actually is false, right? Right. Like maybe like kamikaze pilots in sure. World War II, sure. but you're not going to die for something you know is false. Exactly. Like if they knew Jesus didn't really raise, we didn't really see him, they're not going to die proclaiming Jesus rose and I saw him. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I have to agree with you that those that's four nice. points. I would hope so. You helped write <laughs> that. <laughs> that's, that's great. But it is. It's indisputable yeah. historically that Jesus did in fact rise again. But <clears throat> can I just share with you five different things that I have heard people push back. Mm-hmm. And of course, we would expect that. For we sure. would want that. Yeah. So is it possible, maybe, that um, the people that went to the tomb 
that said that he rose, actually went to the wrong tomb? Or secondly, is it possible that the disciples stole the body? Mm. Third, what about the possibility that Jesus never really died on the cross at all? Fourth, couldn't the people that saw him um, after his resurrection just hallucinated it? Mm. Okay? Yeah. And then I guess lastly, the one that <clears throat> always seems to keep coming up is, well, maybe this Jesus person is all a myth. So why don't you all, uh, Bob, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so let's just tick through those five claims because you're right. These are kinds of people that say like, that explain away the resurrection. First claim, uh, first one is the claim about the wrong tomb. So this idea that the women and the disciples somehow went to the wrong tomb. That doesn't make any sense. Would, be, because, would have been a convenient argument. Because anyone in like the Jewish leadership in particular could have just gone to the right tomb right. and said, Jesus is here. Yeah. So that one doesn't work. Yeah, hey, Mr. Guard, roll that back. Let me see. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They yeah. would have wanted to do that. They would have wanted to do Okay, second uh, one. Take second that one. one, the claim, could the disciples have stolen the body? The, the short answer, I don't think we give enough historical credence to is like, no, we're talking about 11 non-military types somehow overpowering the Roman guard. And there's enough shows on Netflix for you to get some historical precedent <laughs> as to how hardcore these guys were. Yeah. I mean, they just well, think they knew Navy they SEALs would get killed if they if even attempted it. someone had overcome them yeah. and stolen a body from oh, them. Oh, yeah, if the Roman guard. To saying, my knowledge. Yeah, yeah if yeah. they would have been overwhelmed, they would have been executed. Mm. So Okay, so, so not only the guard as a defense, but then also a two-ton stone, mm. which in and of itself is a miracle. Another attestation to Christ's miracle, having having that rolled away when he um, rose. Mm. It just it just doesn't like. There's not there's yeah. n there's no credence there. And then to to have done that, and then still have died as, as martyrs, I think just like boggles my mind to think like, okay, here are the eleven of the twelve that died as martyrs. Um, we all were in cahoots and knew that this thing didn't we stole really the happen body. the way that we claimed it and we hid it. Yeah. But we're still going to be die grisly deaths. No way. Also, there was nothing to gain by even, per, per, you know, pretending that that was the narrative. It's yeah. not like churches are now today. They had nothing to, they stood to gain nothing but persecution and oppression. It makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's two. Two. Okay. So wrong tomb claim. That doesn't work. Right. Disciples stole the body. That doesn't work. Third one, the swoon idea. Like yeah, that's what it's Jesus, called. Jesus swooned or he passed out on the cross and then somehow in the tomb he revived. Um, that doesn't match at all any of these historical facts of what Roman flogging does, yeah. what Roman crucifixion does, yeah. and the validation that this person actually is dead, which yeah. even the Gospels talk about, or being proclaimed dead by a professional Roman executioner. Yeah. Right? Like that was his job. There's no way he's going to be wrong about that. Well, and I would also add that in order to guarantee his death so he could be taken down, mm -hmm. a Roman guard stabbed Jesus in the side. Oh, with the spear, that, yeah. Yeah, the yep, death. Yep, yep. Yeah, the yeah. death thrust it's yeah. called, yep. going into Blood the right water. side, going yeah. up to the heart. I mean, yeah, how many so, people are going to survive that? Yeah, the third one swooned, that, that yeah. didn't work. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. You can do fourth one. Fourth one, you asked, what about mass hallucination? Let's, let's not conflate this. This is not a, this is not an ayahuasca hut in <laughs> South America, right? This isn't like a, a handful of people that are just locationally in the same place and say, okay, well, let's just pretend that this happened. Mm -hmm. We're talking over 500 eyewitnesses. We're talking 40 days post-crucifixion. We're talking a dearth of historical evidence that just, it is incomprehensible to believe that that many people had a mass hallucination <laughs> and then while standing to gain nothing, still were somehow in cahoots to proclaim this as having been true if they knew it wasn't. Just 
yeah, it just doesn't really yeah. hold water. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'll say the fifth one is the one that if I if I wasn't a Christian would be most convincing to me. Yeah. The fifth yeah. one, that question, your last one was, is it a myth? Yeah. Is all this just a myth? It's just, hey guys, like this was just made up. Like this didn't really happen. There's a really big problem with that though. And that is historically this event is happening in the exact opposite context of what it takes for a myth to happen. Yes. So a myth has a myth can only happen if you have like two generations yep. or like 60 years or so after some sort of event was supposed to have happened yep. Yep. and geographical isolation. Because the thing is, a myth is a lie and there needs to not have been eyewitnesses that can go, yeah, that didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. But this was like in Jerusalem, tons of witnesses, eyewitnesses, people who saw it who were amenable, people who saw it who were not amenable, that any of them could have said, no, that didn't happen. So great. So a myth couldn't have just developed about Jesus. Like they really saw something, mm-hmm. they really were transformed, and I'm convinced they really saw the risen Jesus. Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's just, I don't know, that's just a lot of very solid, historically backed and rhetorically sound evidence that I think kind of all boiled down together goes like, Yep, there there is there is indisputable sort of evidence that, mm-hmm. that we can re- rely on. And well, and I'll just make a quick note here that we're pulling both from the scriptural biblical accounts, mm-hmm. which we really do believe are historically reliable, yes. mm-hmm. and we, we've talked more about that in other places, but we're also pulling from non-Bible yep. resources yep. that yep. surround the context of what's happening. Yeah. Yep. Well, we've come to that period in our podcast where we like to finish up with the question, so what? Yep. How does a resurrection practically affect me and others in today's 21st century. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> well, I'll offer a first one here. This is worth praising God for. Yeah. Um, this hits home with me because I, I want to actually, every day of my life, thank God for the resurrection of his son mm-hmm. that forgives my sins yeah. and gives me life forever. Yeah. And so, and I try to practice that. I try to kind of preach that gospel to myself every day. And one of the things I do is there's a verse from scripture that I try and say, a memory verse, every day just in praise to God about the resurrection. So mm. do you want to hear it? Sure. If I can, if I remember all please, of it. Please, sure, please. Um, so it's from, I know, it's from First Peter. <laughs> and it says, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and it talks about how he's risen him from the dead and now there's an inheritance that's imperishable for us. So take the opportunity this week to praise God, bless God, because Jesus rose for you. That's right. great. Something I'd add, my maybe takeaway would be, this should be something that you are practically talking with people about, saved, unsaved, whatever, curious people, because this isn't something that we're just believing with blind faith yeah. right and we've now walked through some of these historical concrete evidences yeah. about that but but I, then i also think that for especially for believers there's a certain way that we should be living as a consequence in the reality of christ having uh, been resurrected and us having these concrete historical evidences um that prove that if you believe that christ rose from the dead that changes like the the fabric of the universe in which you operate. That's mm-hmm. so great. It changes the way that you, that you engage your neighbor and love mm-hmm. your family. It has an effect everywhere because mm-hmm. it means he is who he said he is and mm-hmm. his word is true. Um, that's so great. So I'll stop. No, actually, I think that's great. Thank you guys. And thank you for joining us here at the Ben Min Podcast where we believe everyone should know the next step 
for making their spiritual life more important to them. Mm -hmm. Binmin is a resource ministry to help you discover those next steps. Yeah, so please like and subscribe here. If you're watching it on YouTube, um, be sure to uh, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. And be sure to check us out and follow us on our socials. Yeah, it was great having you listening and watching in this episode. So we'll look forward to you joining us in the next time. Awesome. See ya.